What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, oh, oh. Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, you had better. Let's get them up, get them going. It's Friday on B&E. The weekend is here, an extended weekend for most. Fourth of July coming up on Tuesday, so Monday will be kind of a holiday for a lot of folks, certainly for us here at the Horn. We'll be out to our final show for a few days coming today. Four hours of stimulating sports conversation begins right now. We appreciate you being there. Early Bird always gets the worm on this final day of June 2023. Maybe on 104.9 on the FM dial. Could be 101.9 FM, AM 1260, and always digitally. Got you covered on that Horn app. Take us wherever you go for your weekend plans, holiday plans. You'll be able to tune in on the touch of a button on that Horn app. It's absolutely free and so simple to use on your smartphone, also on your smart speaker at uh, uh, home or work, wherever you are. Just say, hey, uh, Alexa, turn on 104.9, the Horn or the Horn in Austin. You'll have us locked in there as well. And we're always streaming for you on our website with our Twitch channel. If you want to watch the shows, you can. And see the uh, pretty face of our guest host this morning uh, on our cameras that are all set up and ready to go. That's at hornfm.com on a busy Friday and a lot to do. Uh, look who's across from me. Bucky Godbolt with his uh, final day of vacation. He'll be back next Wednesday when we return to the airwaves. He is our good friend Nick Shuley, the uh, man from the live music update, but also a lifelong Austinite, a Longhorn graduate. Lived in an apartment with some Longhorn basketball players back in the day, uh, and he's just an overall good dude. What's up, Nick? How are you, bud? Good morning, fellas. What's going on? There it is, that deep, resonant voice. <laughs> Who are the, uh, the, the you lived with Royal Ivy back in the day, is that correct? Uh, uh, Brad Bugman and Royal Ivy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, Brad was the mayor of Austin back then. Brad, yes, he was. <laughs> And uh, you're you're a little shorter than those guys. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was funny. We'd meet up with like you know Jason Klotz or Matt Norgren or some of those guys at the time, and uh, I just looked like everybody's little brother the whole time. <laughs> Norgren, man, that's a. I'm sure there were some ladies around. <laughs> Norgren was running around, right? Is that the way that went? <laughs> they weren't hanging out with me though. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Well, uh, also uh, for the second straight night, our producer Ty Henderson slept on the cushions of the couch in our studio. <laughs> As I walked in here this morning, he's getting wiser and wiser, though. He moved it into a dark room, which was smart. Moved the cushions in there. Uh, was able to get some some good shut-eye. What means he was out late? What's going on there, Ty Henderson? Uh, feeling good. Feeling good. Like you said, it was a little bit darker. I didn't even hear you come in this morning. Yeah, so. yeah I was quiet because I saw your car when I got here. So I was like, okay, Ty's sleeping here. He had a deep eddy night. <laughs> he was at the cabaret. So I'm going to go ahead and be quiet as I come on in and uh, start getting ready for the show. It took me a while to find you. I didn't know exactly which uh, dark studio or room you hunkered down in uh but it, you know it was the, it was the first one i would have seen but it, it was the last one i looked into yeah no I'm, I'm feeling good though good 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 here's a guy saying listening on the app traveling to starkville mississippi we'll save travels there from mr texter on the specs text line i'm not sure why you're going to starkville but what do they call that stark tucky <laughs> i've never been to starkville mississippi start vegas 
Stark <laughs> Vegas. That's exactly what it is. But, uh, yes, uh, Longhorns will start to fire it up with Mississippi State coming up in the SEC in 20 and 24. It is the final day of June uh, 2023, last day of the sixth month, so a lot to dive into. NBA free agency is opening tonight at midnight, so we'll talk some hoops. Also, uh, plenty of baseball. All-Star Game starters announced yesterday. Texas baseball looking for a pitching coach. Let's get to your headlines uh, to start this uh, Friday morning. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Get you caught up on the news. Start with Texas baseball. It appears for the second straight summer, head coach David Pierce for the Longhorns will be on the search for a new pitching coach. D1Baseball.com and the Austin American Statesman both reporting yesterday that Woody Williams will not return as the Longhorns pitching coach next season. 56-year-old hired just last summer to replace Sean Allen after he spent seven seasons at San Jacinto Junior College. Before that, Texas pitchers finished 10th nationally with a 4.18 staff ERA. Junior race Lucas Gordon was the best of the bunch. He was the Big 12's pitcher of the year on a Friday night. Uh, as a Friday night starter, LeBaron Johnson Jr. meanwhile emerged as a frontline starter midway through the season, earned all-conference accolades. Uh, not much consistency on the staff beyond that. Um, but again, David Pierce on the search for a new coach, it appears. Major League Baseball, three of the starters for next month's All-Star Game in Seattle were announced yesterday. And the ALS leading Texas Rangers will have plenty of uh, um, folks there. A record four starters for the Midsummer Classic will be Texas Rangers, most among any major league team. The entire infield will be Texas Rangers, minus the first base spot. Uh, catcher Jonah Heim and rookie third baseman Josh Young have both been voted to their first All-Star Games. Uh, shortstop Corey Seager will make his fourth, and second baseman Marcus Simeon his second. All-star pitchers and reserves will be named on Sunday. The All-star game is July the 11th in Seattle. On the field yesterday, Rangers dropped the final game of their four-game series with Detroit 8-5. to Astros, meanwhile, the, the all-star starterless Astros won the rubber game of their series in St. Louis, 14 to nothing. Kyle Tucker, homer, drove in five. Alex Bregman hit his third grand slam of the season. Houston pounded out a season high 18 hits. Astros then flew to Arlington. Well, they'll open up a uh, really fun four-game wraparound series with Texas tonight. They'll go Friday to Monday. Rangers hold a five-game lead over the defending world champs in the AL West. LA Angels are six games back. They dropped their series finale with Chicago last night, 9-7. to But the incredible Shohei Otani did break the all-time record for home runs in the month of June with his 14th. He leads the majors with 29 long balls. He's batting 309. In the NBA, league free agency period opens tonight at midnight, or 12.01. A flurry of activity expected into the 4th of July weekend. In Philadelphia yesterday, the 76ers guard James Harden did decide to pick up his 30.35.6 million dollar player option for the upcoming season, but according to multiple reports now, he's going to work with the team on a trade out of Philadelphia. If and when he is moved, the 34-year-old will be on his fourth team in the last three years. In the NFL, league announced yesterday that Isaiah Rodgers and Rashad Berry of the Indianapolis Colts and free agent Demetrius Taylor have been suspended for at least the 2023 season for betting on NFL games last season. Rodgers and Berry were subsequently released by the Colts. Also yesterday, Tennessee Titans starting offensive tackle Nicholas Petit-Freer was suspended six games for betting on other sports while at the workplace. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, so a uh, lot there. We'll dive in, and i got to say that uh, Ty, Heron, uh, Ty, Heron, Ty Henderson's uh, Texas Rangers and their fans did a good job of stuffing the ballot box for Texas Rangers in the All-Star game. I think uh, for the entire starting infield on his first base, pretty good. I was surprised that uh, it has to be the, the the home crowd in Arlington voting for Jonah Heim and Josh Young. I don't know that there's like a, a national push for those two players, uh, even though they've, they've both had All-Star caliber years so far. Typically, it takes a little while for the – for the uh, the national baseball voter to pick up and and check and you know catch up on that, 
But, uh, you know, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, um, certainly worthy of all-star. I mean, Marcus Simeon's been one of the best players in, in baseball this year so far. Seager missed a month with that growing injury, but uh, he's worthy. Uh, but it was surprised to see both of those guys uh, jumping into their first all-star game. So the Ranger fans are fired up and doing their job on uh, all-star voting. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout both going to start in that game as well. Uh, so, yeah, good, good, good times for the Texas Rangers, who are currently on pace for uh, 98 wins, 98 wins on the season with Bruce Bochy. Uh, I think it's a fairly critical series this weekend with the uh, the Astros coming to town. Rangers could create some serious separation in the AL West, or the Astros you know, could certainly send a message that uh, it's a long season, don't forget about us. And the Astros did pick up their uh, maybe that eighth inning rally the Astros had against St. Louis in the second game of that series may have jump-started their bats because they were down in that game. They're looking to lose the first two games of that series, but they rallied for five in the eighth uh, in game two uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, Jose Altuve had a big three-run homer, and uh, then last night they pounded out 14 runs, scored two touchdowns, and uh, they'll carry those those what they hope are hot bats into Arlington to play the Rangers this weekend. But, uh, uh, Ty, you said you, you, you if you could, you would have tried to get up there to some of those games this weekend, but uh, you can't. No, I'll be house-sitting at my dad's house. House is sitting. It's my vacation. They go on vacation. I go on vacation at their house. <laughs> <laughs> they go on vacation. What is the, what is the house sitting uh, entail for you? Um, they have a new my my dad's bathroom. They have a new steam room. Okay, so I'll probably go hit that today. Um, well, are there, are there any duties? Oh no, yeah. Required? Water the plants. Okay, feed the dogs. Okay, I yeah, bring pets. my dogs over there. Okay, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's yeah four dogs for for a few days, but it's. It's way better in my house, so I, I enjoy it every time. <laughs> What'd you say they have a sauna? Yeah, well, no, it's steam like room. a steam room. It's like a steam shower. It's oh, that's good incredible. for you. Perfect the, for like yes, right sw- now. Sweat out the deep yeah, eddy. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, between the steam steamer and the, uh, yeah, that cold tub, you get both of those things oh, going right. Cold tub and the steamer. The Jamie Fraser cold tub. That. Ooh, our friend Jamie Fraser from the high ground on uh, Saturday mornings. He's got that cold tub over in East Austin. Have been over there. I did. I recorded a podcast in his uh, his studio there, which was pretty cool. Uh, Jamie Fraser, good dude, right there. But yeah, house sitting for Ty. What do you have this weekend there, uh, uh, Nick Shuley? Have any big plans for the fourth weekend? I think I'm going to contemplate going out. I want to see uh, Willie's Willie's picnic at uh, at Q2. I know I know Ty's Ty says the sounds a little rough, but I it's tough to miss Tyler Childers when he comes to town. Yeah, he's always such a great uh, what a, what a raw performer he is, Tyler uh, Childers. I hope you have a box. Yeah, <laughs> I I doubt I will, but uh, yeah. Also, also don't want to miss Willie, man. I t- take advantage of any chance to see. Yeah, he's him. ninety years old now. And just put out his, his latest album, his hundred and twenty something album this this past week. He's still tearing it up, though, man. He is, he is. And you know what's pretty cool to see is that uh, his son Lucas is really on the rise. I think. I mean, Lucas Nelson is uh, super talented, and um, you know, on his own regard. I mean, he he and the promise of the real um, really really enjoy seeing them. So uh, Willie. Yeah. Still doing his thing. That'll be Willie's picnic. That's Tuesday, correct? Tuesday, yeah. And his daughter's actually playing tonight at the Saxon in Folk Uke, which is a uh, which is a pretty funny folk group uh, that has a Woody, I believe it's Woody Guthrie's granddaughter, 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 yes. and Arlo Guthrie's daughter. I always screw up their names, but yeah, they uh, they're, they're pretty fun to watch. So I might go see that at the Saxon as well. Saxon Pub, South Lamar, still there and still cranking it out. Uh, with Joe Abels and the crew there. So, uh, yeah, live music. Also some sports this weekend, some heat this weekend. And um, also got Indiana Jones. The latest Indiana Jones movie will be out tonight if you're looking for uh, the big blockbuster. Are we interested in this? This is uh, So the, the first Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, came out uh, 42 years ago. I was eight years old 
and I, it was a game changer. Because at that point, I was all in on Star Wars. I was a Star Wars dude for sure. Um, and Indiana Jones came out, and it was... I remember seeing that at the movie theater as a kid and was just uh, totally hooked on Indiana Jones, uh, Harrison Ford. Because, look, it was as an eight-year-old kid, you're kind of like, wow, that's, that's Han Solo. What's going on here? You know, you start to, wait a second, uh, Han Solo is now Indiana Jones. You start to put some things together. And uh, so all of a sudden my favorite character, because I was big I was into Star Wars with my brother. We had all the action figures. <laughs> we had all the stuff. And... Um, you know, so I but I was told me because you're either like a Luke Skywalker fan or you're a Han. So I was I was Team Hans. I was Han too. Yeah, Team and, Hans. And he's kind of the same role in both movies, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure, he plays he plays himself, but uh, and he does a good job. He's just got that real, you know, irreverent, irreverent. Kinda. Yes, uh, you know, uh, you know that's why he's been so successful. But yes, the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny opens and. I read some reviews early this morning that uh, maybe a little too long, but still has that same Indiana Jones irreverence, and it's pretty good. It's they're they're going to get my money. Of course. I'm going to see that. You're going to go sure. to the theaters to see it? Uh, yeah, I'll go to Alamo, man. Eat some good food, watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Don't give me that look, Ty. That's, I mean, Indiana Jones, you know it's going to be all kinds of CGI and all kinds of you know action scenes and chase scenes and... Um, it'll be ridiculous, and at the same time, that's what you want to see on the big screen, right? That's what you go to the movies for, to see the uh, the, the entertainment. And I would also say this, that I think, I'm pretty sure, because I moved from Akron, Ohio, northeast Ohio, to Houston when I was eight years old. So it was, I, I, I believe that's the first movie I saw when we moved to Houston. Uh, we went to the movie theater and saw Indiana Jones. I was living in Houston and just moved there that summer. We moved there in March of uh, that spring, and then uh, went and saw Indiana Jones, and uh, bang. I was in. I was in. So that starts Dang. tonight as well. Yeah, man. Did you ever see the Indiana Jones? Yes, of course. And then, the, and the first three were great. And then the, they made a fourth one that I don't think I even saw, but I heard that it was The just, Shia LaBeouf one? Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Terrible? No, I saw that one in theaters. I yeah. Got, as, and? No. As good. I, I yeah, can't that, even remember if I saw it, so that shows you what I thought it was, about it. It was really and I'm a, I mean, I'm a huge fan of that series. I didn't. I. I it was I, like aliens and such. It was, yeah. Oh no. I didn't see. I know I saw the first three because they all kind of came out pretty pretty rapidly, and then there was a fourth one made. I didn't even know Shia LaBeouf was in it until I read that this morning, which tells me I didn't see it. I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember. Was he to play like his kid or something? Yeah, I think so. Okay. okay. That, tra- that I, I guess were, that didn't they, transition yeah, to were, him being Indiana. I think, was that the idea? I think they I probably were so. To. Probably yeah. handed off to him, but then Shia LaBeouf was too big of a mess. Uh, Could have been, but uh, yeah, the the. Uh, this is the only one that will open up on the 4th of July weekend. Raiders of the Lost Ark opened June 12th of 1981. So, yeah, I had lived in Houston. Yeah, so we, we had just wow. gotten there. Um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out in 1984. The Last Crusade, 1989. Wasn't was River Phoenix supposed to take over or something? Wasn't that before he passed away? Ooh. Am I just making that up? Don't know I, that. I feel like I remember hearing that. So, so yeah, so those, th- those three first ones came out within a seven-year, eight-year period. Then the uh, the one that everyone hates came out ten years later, two thousand and eight, <laughs> or twenty years later. Yeah, that was just seems like a throwaway. They shouldn't even have done that. This one does have Harrison Ford back in it. All right, so uh, there's some some uh, weekend plan news and conversation. We'll dive into there. Also on the Texas baseball side of things, certainly was surprised when the news came down. It was uh, Kendall Rogers over D1Baseball.com that first reported that uh, Woody Williams would not be returning and parting ways with uh, David Pierce and the Longhorns. Uh, certainly surprised to see that news. Uh, on news of that, I saw that our buddy Mike Harge from the uh, 
afternoon show, Ball Don't Lie, who's on vacation this week, uh, much like Bucky and Isaiah and Craig Way, so many of the Horn uh, staff off this week. He had a tweet that said, I wouldn't be surprised if Troy Tulowitzki is back with the Horns in some capacity. Players and fans loved him. Uh, still a free agent is what he said. So, uh, you know, David Pierce is trying to get this coaching staff mix right. You know, last summer coming home from the College World Series after a team that started the season preseason number one, uh, got to Omaha, but then went 0-2 in Omaha. David Pierce made the changes uh, to his staff. Sean Allen, his longtime assistant and uh, pitching coach, was let go. Uh, Troy Tulo, excuse me, and and some you know Philip Miller was moved to a different role, and then hired Woody Williams and Steve Rodriguez uh, to be new coaches on his staff. It felt like Woody Williams was was the right hire to me. I mean, he really I thought did a nice job in year one. The former big league pitcher, of course, uh, went to the University of Houston way back in the day and San Jack as a coach. Uh, but obviously, David Pierce still on the look, still on the look for the uh, the right person for that gig. It's an important one. I mean, you got to develop pitchers, and you also have to be able to recruit pitching. Uh, it's an, that's a, it's a huge component. You know, as we talk about the, the the shrinking of the amateur draft in Major League Baseball from from forty rounds down to twenty. I mean, you got to be able to get in the high schools and, and and both in the portal and high school players and recruit. You know, and develop then top arms. I mean, I, I have no clue. Uh, I did send out some messages yesterday trying to get some intel on this. I have no clue what the uh, what led to the one and done situation with Woody Williams. But we'll certainly dig on that through the Fourth of July weekend. I know you were surprised by it too. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I thought um, I I had low expectations coming into this season for the team when when a team loses that much talent to you know to the draft and the pros and graduation. And was I thought this team played great and played way above their skis on this one. And uh, yeah, and I think by the end of the year, the pitching staff finally finally kind of had its identity and came together. And it's a it's an interesting interesting thing. I did not expect that. Well, it could be mutual. I mean, it could be one of those things that uh, yeah, uh, just just Woody Williams may have decided. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the stuff we're we're looking into to try to figure out. But uh, and I, I do know I reached out to to folks over at Texas Baseball. And because uh, I tried to get it, I was trying to set up a, a visit with David Pierce to kind of put a bow and wrap up the season this week. And I uh, was told he was out of town this week, and uh, but maybe we'll set something up for next week. So uh, we get back from the 4th of July. Hopefully we can talk to David Pierce and try to get some details on that. But uh, Longhorn's making a change again. And look, I mean, it's that time of year. We talked about, you know, Texas, um, you know, having to increase, trying to, you know, with, with the new NIL state law going into effect tomorrow. Uh, here in the state of Texas and how that conflicts with the NCAA rules. Uh, but we do know Texas baseball needs to to step it up as far as the, the NIL opportunities to compete with the likes of LSU and some of these schools around the country. And so, you know, it, it's a, it, as we've said many times, whether it's a basketball coach like Rodney Terry, uh, David Pierce, you know, being a coach is a difficult task these days uh, with with all that's going on. I mean, it's uh, it, it's portals, it's NIL, it's it's you know transfers, and in in that sport in particular, it's so it's such a changing and evolving space with with you know just coming out of COVID and extra years and everything that's happened. Major League Baseball making all of its rules changes, shrinking minor leagues. It's just a there's a lot going on, and uh, you're trying to rebuild rosters and you know keep your own players. You're trying to re-recruit your own team while you're looking for new players that are in the portal or in high school. It's a it's it's a full time operation. Yeah, that my favorite quote from uh, one of the one of the coaches at UT was, uh, "With all the all the different responsibilities they have and all the things going on now, they just said, I don't I don't plan on seeing my kids or grandkids." Yeah, I mean it's uh, you can imagine, and now now David Pierce has added 
new pitching coach to to the duties. And the Longhorns have already added a couple of uh, portal transfers on the pitching mound. A kid from Baylor uh, committed. They also had a, a left-hander from Duke who's transferring into Texas. A left-hander who didn't play much as a freshman last year. He's from California. I think there's already have they have three three uh, young pitchers that have committed to come to Texas. Uh, I'm not sure if the Woody Williams conversation was was had or if that's going to come as a surprise to them as well. So we'll follow that story into your weekend. Our buddy uh, Lamar on the text line says, I'm off to play the UT Golf Club. Compliments of the mullet open and our second place finish. So we must have uh, you know, finished second down at Bucky's Golf Tournament in May. Um, won some uh, gift, card, gift certificates to get out to the UT Golf Club. He's going to take advantage of that today. He also says, love to hear how Nick got involved in the cycling team he works for. And what his role is, that guy does everything. You are you do do a bit of everything. What is your role with uh, the because uh, you used to work with Capital Sports Entertainment, correct? Correct. Yeah, and, and back in the day, we had two professional cycling teams then, and it was uh, there was the team that Lance was on. It was everything from you know postal service to Discovery Cycling to I think it was it was to Radio Shack and a, a few of these other other iterations. But during that time, and it's I think what what this text is still referring to is. We started a team that basically became Lance and this guy Axel Merckx, whose dad is Eddie Merckx. Eddie is the you know Michael Jordan, LeBron James of cycling. He was Lance Armstrong's hero. He won five Tour de France's. He's a Belgian uh, cyclist known as the Cannibal. He was uh, pretty ruthless, and he they started this team. The to, Cannibal. Yeah, they started this team to be the future future stars of cycling around this kid who was a great talent named Taylor Finney. And so it really kind of turned into the Oak Hill Academy of Cycling, where kids go there for a year or two and then go to the pros. And, and it's uh, we're in the fifteenth year of this team, and I think it, out of a over the over the fifteen years, we've had one hundred and eight riders, and forty five of them have gone on to the to the pro tour. Um. Well, there you go. You do do a bit of everything, my friend. <laughs> I your... just kind of do the branding and marketing for them. And <laughs> well, you also are very connected at UT with your uh, Clark Field Collective influence and also at the, the Texas One Fund. Uh, so we'll talk more about that coming up in the new law, how it changes. Chris Del Conte, Longhorn Athletic Director, did send a letter to all uh, season ticket holders and donors uh, trying to explain where Texas stands on this current situation where the state laws are now in conflict with the NCAA rules and regulations, which the Longhorns are a part of. Uh, we'll get into that coming up. Also, you have uh, con- helped us connect with Derek Johnson, the lifetime Longhorn, maybe the greatest, one of the greatest defensive players ever to play football at UT. DJ Derek Johnson will join us coming up in our next hour. Uh, also excited, we're going to talk. He's in the Dominican Republic, but in our seven o'clock hour, we're going to chat with Gene Watson uh, from the Kansas City Royals uh, to preview this Astros Rangers series this weekend. Talk about Shohei Otani and what uh, you know how to how to even put. At proper adjectives on what Shohei is doing right now. He worked with Shohei for a year in Anaheim. Uh, so excited to talk to Gene Watson. Also, we're going to hear from Greg Sankey coming up. Greg Sankey is the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. Um, you know, uh, Joel Klatt, uh, the college football commentator from Fox, sat down with, with Greg Sankey to get some thoughts on the right after the, the SEC schedule was revealed for 2023 and 20, or 24. Also, the changes and changing face of college athletics. We'll get some of that coming up. So it's a busy Thursday. Craig Way has his report coming. Some B&E facts of the day. Nick Shuley is here. Ty Henderson is here. And you on the Show of the People. Friday into the 4th of July weekend. Just getting warmed up on b It's Bucky and Aaron. Shotgun Willis sits around in his underwear. Biting on a bullet out all of his hair a shotgun will has got all of his family
Oh, yeah, a little Willie Nelson. The uh, annual 4th of July Willie Nelson picnic coming up on Tuesday out at Q2 Stadium. This is the uh, Deep Eddie anthem right here. Oh, I'm pretty stuff. sure it automatically plays if nobody puts any money in the jukebox <laughs> after a while. It really does default to Willie, I think. The Deep Eddie anthem. How was Deep Eddie last night, by the way? You didn't. Just... Oh, you know who was there? Moro Ojimo was there. Moro Ojimo. Good dude. Good dude. I didn't say hi, but. You didn't. I should have. I probably he, he probably would have remembered me. That's yeah, just, I think so. He looked like he was having a good time though. He was with a bunch of women. Oh, it was packed. Packed. Well, I, we had some good real estate though, right next to the jukebox. Man, it so. is always. It's hard to get in there on Thursdays, man. Did good you job. get a table? Yeah, next to the jukebox. Oh, oh right said, next yeah. to the jukebox. Nice work That's last good night. Good real estate. That's a good time. Uh, all right, deep Eddie for Ty last night. Uh, somebody said, uh, "Can you guys ask Nick Shuley about being making Austin month Austin Monthly's top ten singles in 2022 at number ten? I don't know who hates me out there to text that. <laughs> Goodness, yeah, I uh, I got I somehow got voted into top ten singles. I was the oldest person on that list by about 20 years, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I I have a girlfriend now, so I guess it 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 worked. I don't know. Good work by you. <laughs> was that the goal? I, yeah. You're like, I need to be I on had, this list to get a girl. They, yeah. they, they come and ask you if you would be on it, or did they just put you on there? Uh, they well, they like re, I guess they like reach out. Uh, I don't I don't know how it happened, but yeah, I yeah. guess I, I'm super lucky. I guess. Well, they're super lucky. <laughs> I said uh, that facetiously. There you go. Uh, so Nick Shuley is hanging with us this morning, of course, and uh, you hear him on the live music update, but doing a little bit of everything. Uh, with the uh, Texas One Fund, Clarkfield Collective. He's also the current president of the Austin mu- Music Movement and doing all kinds of stuff. You can find him at nickshuley.com. Uh, you are uh, the pride of Oak Hill, Texas, originally, correct? That is correct, yeah. Pride of Oak Hill. Uh, went to St. Michael's, is that correct? I did go to St. Michael's. We kind of moved all over town. I went to nine schools in 12 years. Just bouncing. Yeah, so we were we were South Austin, North Austin, ended up in Westlake for a while, and yeah. Kind of bounced all over the place. All right, but a lifelong Austinite and Longhorn fan, Longhorn graduate, talking all things Texas. We are going to talk to Derek Johnson uh, coming up. DJ will be with us. The, uh, I mean, where does he rank for you on all-time defensive players at Texas? That's pretty dang high. I mean, he's top top five at least, I believe, top ten. I mean, I think five. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, to Tommy Novus, when you, when you think best defensive players ever to play football for the Longhorns, Tommy Novus probably the top. But uh, he's certainly on the Mount Rushmore of defensive players at Texas. Man, he was a force. Oh, <laughs> Just I'm... remember, he he ruined some people. I don't know that he would survive in college nowadays with how he played. He was mean. Well, obviously, uh, and coming in from Waco, and then a you know hell of a pro player too with the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, one thing about Derek Johnson doing great charitable work here in Central Texas, and uh, we're going to talk with him coming up in our seven o'clock hour. And as we also said, in one hour, we're going to talk to Gene Watson, talk some Major League Baseball with Gino. He's down in the Dominican Republic. But it's going to weigh in with this uh, Ranger Astro series this weekend, kind of at the midway point. All Star break is coming up in uh, 11 or 12 days. Uh, Shohei Otani is just uh, unbelievable. So we'll talk some baseball with Gino as well. All right. So uh, something we've talked about all week long is Texas House Bill 2804, which goes into to state law tomorrow, uh, into effect, signed by Greg Abbott earlier this month. Uh, and we now know that new state law is in conflict with NCAA rules. Uh, and, and regulations regarding, you know, NILs and collectives. And uh, so, you know, I think everybody's a little bit confused about how this is going to play out. We've talked to the attorneys this week who helped craft that legislation on what may happen moving forward because the NCAA did send out a memo to all universities who are, are, are volunteer members of the, of the NCAA that, hey, we're not, we don't care what your state laws are. You still need to abide by our laws and regulations. I shouldn't say laws, rules and regulations. Texas AD Christo Conti. 
uh, put out a letter uh, to donors of the University of Texas earlier, gosh, just uh, yesterday, just yesterday, acknowledging the NCAA memo and saying that Texas and the athletic department is currently assessing all information to determine how Texas athletics will navigate the conflicting aspects of the NCAA NIL policy and House Bill 2804. And uh, you and I were talking during the break that this is this is not going to help the push to in- increase donations to the Texas One Fund because even Chris Del Conte in this letter, you know, two-paragraph letter he sent, comes off as confused but certainly not certain about how to, how to move forward. Yeah, it's it, it, NIL is such a new space. The the getting getting folks to contribute and getting them in is a little bit of an education process. Obviously, it's things have changed for the first time in you know years. So it, so there's a lot of confusion out there. And I think I think Texas did the right thing. They're being smart here. That Texas is not a tiny school. There's a big you know spotlight on everything that they do. So they've got to they've got to be smart and navigate this and not be probably not be the first mover in the space and and I think they'll if 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 I had my guess they'll watch and wait and see what other schools do and and how hard they push it and we'll see A and M's been push they've pushed this whole NIL thing pretty hard and they've kind of just said we're doing what we're doing and they they had their 12th man foundation aligned in their NIL early which was one of the first iterations of actually kind of involving it in your school. So we'll see what happens, but I'm very curious what happens on July 1st. I, I, I have a feeling it'll be quiet kind of through the weekend, or maybe somebody will do something and kind of bury it under, under the holiday. We'll see. Well, I mentioned that uh, Greg Sankey, the uh, commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, one of the more powerful people in all of college athletics. Now, this is interesting because everyone's trying to figure out how this is going to play out. You know, the, We know that the NCAA has gone to the federal government trying to ask for some guidance and assistance on this and for some type of you know, state, you know, countrywide rule or some guidelines coming from the, uh, you know, the U.S., the federal government. Uh, coaches in the SEC have done the same. I've, I found this interesting. So Joel Klatt, uh, of course, does the uh, the broadcasting on Fox, former Colorado quarterback. Uh, he's been doing these uh, lengthy interviews uh, of late. He sat, talked to Deion Sanders. He sat down with Nick Saban. And he also recently put out some some conversations he had with Greg Sankey the commissioner of the SEC, and throughout the show this morning we'll, we'll hear pieces of this. But here's Greg Sankey with his thoughts on just the changing face of college athletics, going more from the whole amateurism model to a pro model. Here's Greg Sankey with some pretty candid thoughts on uh, where we are and where we are going. We had a little bit of a dispute last year that was public between some coaches. I said, look. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wait, a, this, l- a little bit of a dispute? This, this, yeah, it's a, <laughs> this is, you have to understand, it's never going to be the way that it was. When we met with all 14, 100%. my opening line was not to yell, pound my fist, point fingers. It, it is never going to be the way that it, that it was. The, the transfer realities are not going to go the same way. The money is going to continue yeah. to grow. The expectations, of course of the intensity, the visibility, the opportunity. Most of those words are great things, by the way, not negative. It's never going to be the way that it was. And you have to understand that. But it doesn't have to be the way that it is. And between those two things, what's not going to resolve 
the, the discomfort that I've talked about before is accusations, complaining, or simple solutions. And you know what a simple solution is? When anybody says to me, if they just, and then fill in the blank after the word just, that's a simple solution. What we have right now in college athletics, college football in particular, is a set of prior decisions that have, to a certain extent, limited some of our options. Some of those come from the state action. Some come from court outcomes. Some from came from we passed on opportunity 20 or 30 years ago. We can't rewind the tape and just go back and magically resolve those right. issues. Right. And so what we need is, and this is, again, what I said to our head football coaches, is deep thinking with meaningful ideas and the willingness to talk through those ideas to figure out if there's an opportunity to resolve some of the discomfort, some of the problems right now. Pretty good stuff. I think Greg Sankey is a pretty sharp guy, uh, you know, leading the, the most powerful conference in, in college athletics. Uh, and he's and that's exactly right. Right. I mean, that is that's the long and the short of it, because uh, I know you uh, the, with the Texas One Fund and Clarkfield Collective, Nick, deal with a lot of people kind of old school. No, I'm not getting involved in that NIL thing. That's not that's not right or whatever that are that are hesitant um, but at the same time, they want it to go back to the way it was, right? They want it to be what they're comfortable with. But I think Greg Sankey is, is really on point saying it's, it's never going back to that. It will never go back to that. It's only going to evolve more. So let's evolve it in, in, in a smart way. I think that's what everyone is saying. But how do you do that? I think that's, uh, you know, Greg Sankey with some, some interesting thoughts right there. Yeah, agreed. He sounds eerily like Nick Saban when he talks. <laughs> I, I kept thinking it was Saban. Well, remember that conversation with Joel Klatt started. He was talking about a conflict we had between some of our coaches. That was last year with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, you know, going at it with steak knives and uh, <laughs> accusations and, and, you know, finger pointing. And that, that's where Greg Sagan said, look, I got them all in a room and we talked about it. We can't, can't be airing our laundry publicly. We got to get this thing figured out. But at the same time, one conference, even though it's the most powerful conference, can't fix everything. I mean, you've got to get, you know, everyone together. And obviously, it's it, while everyone's saying get everyone together, everything's changing. There's still conference realignment. There's still teams moving. Uh, there's still conversation about conference realignment. The Pac-12 has not even resolved its media rights deal, which means, you know, there are schools like Arizona and Colorado and, and Utah potentially that are, that are still free agents as far as what conference they're going to land in. Uh, those things are still pending here through the month of July uh, and into 2023. So, uh, as it as it evolves, it, it's still constantly changing, right? So, which would be the word evolve. But at the same time, what, what you're trying to get your hands around and maybe have some some good conversations about it changes by the month. It feels like in in all you know this new state law goes into effect tomorrow. Uh, that changes the the equation, as you said with Chris Del Conte's letter to donors. Even Texas athletics is uncertain of how to navigate the the coming months into the 2023 football season. Yeah, it's. It, it, I mean, you said change monthly. It changes daily, yeah. honestly. And I think, I think it, you know, having somebody like Sankey at the at the helm of the SEC is is such a great thing because he is such a sharp guy. And I think I think a lot of what will hammer out, and this is just my opinion, is that it's going to be the power conferences get together and say, hey, this is what we'll accept. This is what's legal. We'll see how it plays out with the NCAA, et cetera. But there's there's all these pieces just, just kind of moving, uh, completely moving at the same time, and, and schools are having to adjust. And, you know, you look at these schools, they're not small places. These are these are aircraft carriers, and turning an aircraft carrier is not quick. No, it, it takes a bit. Uh, and as he said, these are – I like how he said, you know, there, there are things that have been presented to us 
out of our control at a lot of levels, right? Supreme Court rulings, court rulings that dictate, you know, new state laws that come online. Also, you know, as he said, we've we've passed on opportunities to make changes that would have been significant, you know, decades ago. Uh, they just didn't. Uh, they did. They they tried to hold on to a model that was clearly, you know, going to be changed. And, um, you know, that that's again, that's that's everybody's fault. But then how do you fix it? Uh, finger pointing and, uh, you know, blame is not going to be the answer, I don't think. Uh, in his letter to donors, maybe you received one if you're listening this morning, uh, Chris Del Conte said uh, one important component of the new state law, House Bill 2804, is that contributions made to the Texas One Fund after tomorrow, July 1st, uh, the the Longhorn Foundation, current Longhorn Foundation donors will receive loyalty points for contributions made to the Texas One Fund. They're allowed to under law. He says, however, in the letter, the NCAA issued a policy update on July, June 27th that state schools must adhere to the NCAA legislative policy when it conflicts with permissive state laws. The policy prohibits uh, some of what is permissive in HB 2804, as well as many other state-specific NIL bills. We are currently assessing as information to all information to determine how Texas athletics will navigate the conflicting aspects of the NIL policy and HB 2804, which basically says we're not sure either. Yeah, When I read that letter, I was like, well, if I received that letter, I'd be more confused than I was before. You sent a letter that really has no, we'll let you know. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to take our time with this too, uh, which you say is you're trying to you know, do, do, you know, raise NIL funds. That makes it challenging because people who are on the fence in the first place are going to stay on the fence. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, look, if you if if you care about the future of your programs, you need to be giving to the Texas One Fund. And, I, and I'm not... I'm not officially part of the one fund. I just work with them on a lot of stuff. So this isn't me hammering for them trying to raise funds, but, but it is important for the future of the school. Look, this is, you know, just like when coaches used to sell facilities and, you know, all the things we used to hear about on the recruiting trail, look, NIL is a big piece of it that the kids know what's going on out there and they know, you know, they know what schools are doing it right. And Texas definitely is doing it right. And thank goodness we had, I mean, you guys talked to Trent and Halfley and the Alston bird folks. They did a great job of setting up everything legally, making sure the five, like 501c3 stuff was was legit so the like the homework's been done here and they and everything's been done in a texas way to the best of everyone's abilities and i I can vouch for that but it's it's tough when things are changing and raising funds in a changing atmosphere like that is hard but but no matter what happens it is key for the future of the school and the and the athletics program nil is important and if you if like look if you don't have players it's going to be you're not going to have people watching Correct, because you're not going to win a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. you may <laughs> well, have people watching. Just won't well, be and fun. look, I mean, it's you know, I think everybody's kind of got their hands up. I mean, I, I know. Let's let's go down to at Texas State, right? I mean, Texas State. I mean, if you're at a program of that size, I mean, you, they're still trying to raise funds from donors to build facilities, right? That they want to build a, you know, we we know that uh, our former the former coach there, Jake Spavital, was a, was a good friend of the show. You know, he was having to take his team to lift weights at the San Marcos High School for weightlifting. They couldn't get their entire football team in their weight room at one time. They had to do it in three stages to get their weightlifting in. Uh, they need, if they're going to move to the to the size of a program they want to be, they need facilities. But just, So you're asking your donors to donate for those, but then, well, we also need NIL funds. I mean, it's a, you know, you know Texas is having the same challenge, but Texas has you know more donors and more money and more opportunity. But, you know, everyone is dealing with this changing face, and it's it's not an easy answer in any spot. Uh, but, you know, it certainly is intriguing. And uh, as we said with, with Ty Harrington earlier this week with college baseball, 
the college baseball ratings for the for, for baseball. The, the the game on Monday night was the most most watched college baseball game of all time. Even though it was an eighteen to four blowout, <laughs> more people watched that game. I think it was three point seven million people tuned in for that ball game. So the ratings were through the roof for what went on in Omaha. So amid and you know the, the ratings have been great for March Madness. I mean the Final Four got some down ratings because the teams weren't real flashy, but the the tournament itself for three weeks leading up to the to the Final Four and the final game were through the roof. I mean uh, college football. So amid all of the controversy and problems. People are still buying tickets, going to games, and tuning in at a at the higher rate than they ever have, which is what Greg Sankey is saying. I mean, we've we've got a lot of good problems too. People care. People are in. How do we then, as leaders, no, no, navigate this to get this thing to where there are some guardrails, there is some guidance for people, and we can uh, move this thing forward, you know, as as, as uh, smoothly as possible. I think is be the way to put it. All right, so we'll pick that up on the other side. We've got some BNE facts of the day. As we mentioned, Derek Johnson. One of the greatest players in Texas football history will join this show uh, and what he's up to these days. Also, Gene Watson, uh, some B&E facts of the day. But first, the final Craig Way report for a little bit. It's Bucky and Aaron. Friday on the horn. It's a holiday Friday for a lot as uh, Fourth of July coming up on Tuesday, meaning most or a lot of people will be off on Monday. If your boss is kind enough or you're the boss and you just want to take the day, uh, we will be out on Monday and Tuesday of next week uh, celebrating our nation's independence and Independence Day. So uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. So the final show for a little bit. Bucky will be back on Wednesday as well. Nick Shuley is with us this morning. Uh, good stuff right there. Also, Ty Henderson through the glass. I don't know if you saw this last night, but the uh, the match, they had the match last night. Golf uh, out in Vegas. It was Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the dynamic duo from the Kansas City Chiefs. They took on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, the Splash Brothers, in match play golf. Uh, I will confirm I did not watch any of this, uh, but apparently Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey won the match, 3-2. and two. I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, and there was a pretty special moment last night on the broadcast that we'll play for you here coming up, but I thought this is an interesting note uh, from, from our texter, Lucas, who says, because uh, we're talking about Chris Del Conte's letter to Texas donors about how to navigate the uh, – the new state state bill and state law versus the NCAA rules. And he says, guys, I think that note in the letter made perfect sense in, in a crisis or ever so changing process. Communication and timelines are the most critical. Shooting comes out of just acknowledging the change. We don't necessarily know the ramifications, but we'll update you when we know more. That is textbook crisis management. So, yeah, look, Chris Conte can't say what to do and direct you to do if he doesn't know exactly what to do. And I wonder if Texas isn't kind of sitting back and waiting to see what Texas A&M does. Because most people think Texas A&M is going to be really aggressive on this with their 12th Man Plus Foundation and just kind of dare the NCAA to do something about it. Uh, that's just, I'm just speculating on that because they have been very aggressive. And I know they're, you know, A&M was big for lobbying for this new you know, state bill and to get it pushed through. Um and, and look, let's, let's also say this for the state state bill. It, it is odd that it conflicts with NCAA rules, which puts it in you know that whole conflict. But it also unifies, or it brings unanimity to across the state schools across the state. Um, everyone in the state now knows. Okay, this is the rules of our state, and I think that helps all of the schools playing Division One football and, and competing in college athletics. Uh, but again, how how to then take that and deal with NCAA guidelines? That's the uh, changing face, without a doubt. Uh, all right, well, I was going to play that uh, Charles Barkley audio, but we'll wait on that to the other side because Derek Johnson's going to join us. Uh, we'll play that. So Charles Barkley last night announced that uh, Ernie Johnson is going into the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. 
pretty cool moment. He, he broke the news to him on live television during the match and said, uh, and Ernie was pretty good stuff. Ernie Johnson, one of the classiest guys, one of the best out there. We'll let you hear that coming up later on in the show. But a pretty cool scene from the match last night. Um, Mahomes and Kelsey over Curry and Thompson. Didn't watch a shot. It didn't see it. I saw some pretty bad golf swings, too. When I did see some of the highlights, I was like, yeah. I do like watching Kelsey, though. He's entertaining. He was shotgunning beers. <laughs> there he you go. He literally was. He was shotgunning beers. He's consistent, He's man. in Vegas, man. You he's, know. he's an entertainer. I like him. His outfit was a mess, but uh, they won. It's like they won the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll come back. Derek Johnson will join us. We'll talk Texas football, what DJ's up to these days, doing great work in our community, but uh, one of the greatest to ever do it for the Texas Longhorns will be with us. Also, Gene Watson next hour, uh, Charles Barkley, audio, and more. It's B&E on the Horn. Thank you.